welcome to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast, where we seek to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio. I'm Shane Garcia, and I am back at it again like I always am, with the man, the myth, the legend himself, retired station advisor for 91.7 WIXQ, Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin. Doc, how are you doing today? Again, I'm doing well. It's a sunny day. The weather's warming up and uh, spring is around the corner, Shane. Winter may be headed out. Yeah, we're we're at the end of February now. Things, even though even though the weather can be very polarizing during this time, at least we know March is on the horizon and March typically brings some warmth at least. Yep. And I'm looking forward to uh, maybe some baseball at least at Millersville, but maybe not in the major league, Shane. Maybe not in the major league. Focus on collegiate baseball, Doc, and those minor league teams. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, I was just bringing up the idea of warmth coming in with March. But you know what else warms me inside, Doc? You know what warms me up inside? I think I do. Love story? Love stories, absolutely. I love me a good love story, especially a college radio love story And as the month of February comes to a close, we are going to be wrapping up our interview with Andrew and Shane Mazur here today. Andrew being a former WIXQ station manager. Shay is a former WIXQ business manager. And as we heard on part one, the college radio station brought them two together and the rest was history. Yeah, they were two of my favorites. And uh, Andrew actually worked in my office, and I think Shane might have, too. Yeah, I think she might have. My memory fades a little bit, but they actually worked, I think, in the academic advising office. I I don't know for sure, but I know Andrew did. And rumor has it, though, Doc, that you liked having WIX cures in your office. And and maybe, maybe just maybe you had a role in that? Yes, I used to recommend students who we always had student workers in academic advising, and I always recommended WIXQ people. That was one of the things I did. And Doc, you were always so kind about that. Just another way to keep an eye closer on what those people are up to. Well, yeah, I guess you might say that. you're right. You got my hidden agenda out. That's all right, Doc. That's all right. But I'm looking forward to hearing more about the college radio love story of Andrew and Shane Mazur. So it's time. Let's bring them back in, find out about more of their college radio love story and what they're up to today here on Scholastic Transmission. So on part one with you two, we had talked about how you came to Millersville University. Of course, how you came to the college radio station. Andrew, you came first before Shay came in and trained on your show. And whether or not that was intentional or not, you've been together ever since. You are a profound college radio love story for 91.7 WIXQ. And of course, in part one, we talked about your leadership skills at the station, what you had taken away and how you tried to grow your radio station. But now that we're here on part two, I've got to ask you, what have you two been up to since graduating from Millersville University? Yeah, so for me, I went to Millersville for, um, you know, my teaching certification. I studied English education and social studies education. So um, I did that for two years. I was a high school English teacher um, up in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Um, Had a great experience, loved teaching, loved the kids, um, but did end up transitioning. Still wanted to stay in education for sure. I knew that, so I was able to kind of transition into higher ed. Never would have thought about that. I don't even think even when I was on the radio station, like 
you don't really think about when you're a kid, like, oh, people work at colleges and like you can have jobs there, you know, aside from like professors, really. So once you kind of realize like, oh, there's like I can I can stay in education, I can um, actually work at a college. So it was kind of like a really good opportunity and kind of worked my way up a little bit, got my master's at Villanova in education. Um, and now I work as an academic advisor. Time that I spent back in Millersville, worked in the academic advising office as a student worker. So with a lot of WIXQ people, so it's like all kind of coming full circle. But um, now I get to work with undergraduate students um, and do advising with them. And I have recommended Villanova's radio station to students that I've worked with before. When I've, especially when I've gotten to work with freshman students, I had freshman students last year. And when I meet kids that are just, you know, maybe don't fit the typical Villanova mold, or they're kind of struggling to meet people and get a connection, like I have been like, hey, you should check out the radio station. <laughs> you know, they're usually really, really great welcoming places. Um, and here's my experience. So I've recommended it to students to hopefully get them, you know, I hope that they have the same experience that I had, or at least a very similar one at Villanova's college radio station. So, yeah. Jay, you should tell the story of your, uh, the student you taught that went to Millersville and joined the radio station. That's true. Yeah. I did have a student when I was teaching high school, I had a student, Alicia, who was in my, I had her when she was a 10th grader and we kind of stayed, not stayed in contact, but I stayed a little bit in contact with some of my students after I left through like Twitter. And so I remember when they graduated and she had mentioned she was going to Millersville and I was like, oh, like that's my alma mater. Um, You should totally check out the radio station. (laughs) Like I was just plugging it to students, plugging it to people who will listen. And I know she did end up joining. I don't remember, Doc, what position. I think she did end up, um, I think she was there for like all four years in, in the radio station. I mean, I know she had a position on council, but I don't remember what what she ended up doing. I think she was operations manager. Yep, she was operations manager. And without a doubt, she was she was so perfect for that role. She viewed her trainees basically as her children. And she's so yeah. sweet and down to earth. She like she was like one of the best people that I've ever met. Like, I, I can say that without a doubt. She was so influential on those kids, and she genuinely cared about those kids and making sure that they succeeded and were paired with somebody that she felt would be similar to them in taste. And it's kind of funny, you know, looking back, you know, knowing how different you two were, you know, getting paired up together on, on especially on Metal Wednesday of all shows or all, of all weeks. But, you know, she cared about the kids and making sure that they were paired up with somebody that they would be comfortable with. And that's what I appreciated about her is her dedication and her drive to really care about the future generations of WIX cures. So without you, that wouldn't have happened. So thank you, Shay. <laughs> I'm really glad she had, you know, uh, her her experience probably even surpassed my expectations for that. So I'm, I'm really happy she was able to kind of find that home um, at Millersville. So Andrew, where did life take you after graduation? Yeah, so when I was, you know, as a history major, I worked three of three years, I think, in the advisement office with Doc and D, and I got my first taste of college administration, higher ed, higher ed administration, and my goal was to become a history professor. Uh, I was going to go for my PhD. I, I went to my master's at Villanova, full-time history, but pretty soon I realized that the route just wasn't for me. The PhD route is a really hard route in the humanities nowadays uh, with a very low success rate, and I kind of wanted to like move on with my life in a different way, but I 
really care about education, in particular higher education. And there was something special that I definitely learned both through WISQ and through my experiences working with Doc. And I wanted to, to continue that. So I picked up a public administration specialization, like certificate while I was in my history major. And then I, um, history masters and I, uh, through some desperation, I ended up getting hired doing, um, what's really like, you know, operations work, CRM database work, uh, in the graduate arts and sciences area at Villanova. Since then I was then um, in the graduate business office. And just this last year, I started in the career center, I'm associate director for operations and assessment. Um, and that's something I learned that, you know, look back the whole way to WSQ is that as a, my, one of my leadership styles is, is making processes, right? Cause I think that people underestimate how much workflows and processes and business rules help drive an organization and help drive, not just from like a bottom line standpoint or a technical technological standpoint, but those are the things that also equate to equity and inclusion and things I really care about. Uh, and I think I really learned that in those two experiences at, at college that has stuck with me. So, and definitely a higher ed lifer, uh, <laughs> probably to Doc's chagrin or, or, I don't know, interest, but he's, he's into it. Okay. That's good. Uh, but yeah, so that's, and so yeah, so Shay and I, uh, we, we got married in 2018 on October 6th, got the date right that time. And we live outside Philadelphia with our two cats. And what I find interesting is that you chose, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you chose to take your engagement pictures at the college radio station. Why? Why the college radio station? Well, I don't even know that we entertained another option. Like, I don't remember ever thinking about like, where could we go and brainstorm different places? It just... I don't know if you remember that any differently, Andrew, but I just remember thinking like, yeah, like why would we not do it at Millersville and at the radio station? Like the, I felt like it was a very like natural place to be the place where you met just seems like that's the place. That's the place to go. Yeah. We wanted something that was important and meaningful to us <laughs> as opposed to just like generic pretty place, which is fine for people to do that. But for us, we wanted something that was a little more personal and yeah, I mean, we, we know it was, it was such a crucial part of our life and the reason we're together and we spent so much time together at that place and surrounding that place most of our closest friends spent a lot of time there with us and it was just really meaningful for us to do that even though it's like kind of a janky setup for engagement pictures and the lighting's not that great and we got some couches of questionable age and cleanliness but like <laughs> <laughs> uh like i said our photographer was super into it and um yeah and yes, of course, thanks to Damian Widener for uh, bringing in all the lighting and making it work. Because I know we also did it in like the dead of winter because we wanted to do it when there were no students on campus. We didn't want to be in the way or, you know. So, yeah, he was very, uh, you know, trying to get that good lighting into the dingy, <laughs> dingy basement. Uh, props to him. And of course, you both took the college radio station into your wedding then because somebody on the other line here officiated the wedding. Who was that? I don't know, Doc. Who was that? Well, I think it was me. And to be very honest with you, I was scared to death to do this because I didn't want to mess it up. So I actually went out and bought a license for uh, 40-something dollars. I became, and I still have a card today, uh, certifying me as a, uh, uh, I guess, capable of doing baptisms, weddings, and whatever. And so when they asked me to do it, I mean, I've never revealed this. I was scared to death. Because I said, this is sacrilegious or something. Maybe the clergy will get mad at me or something like that. And I shouldn't be doing this. And 
But Andrew and Shea was very convincing and had me officiate. I said, you know what? When I finish, it's not legal. Uh, Pennsylvania doesn't make me this legal. You guys got to do that on your own. But I wound up having a good time. I had burritos and I was able to, was it burritos I had? It was. Burritos, raw burritos. Rob yeah, and we were out at the we were at the Lita Kranz. Uh, I'd never been to the Lita Kranz. Uh, it was memorable for me because I was worried it was going to rain, and uh, the weather was going to turn bad. Luckily, it didn't because it was outside, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought Shay, I I thought we lost Shay for a while because I started I I was so nervous. I started the ceremony with Shay not there, if you remember, because I don't know what happened. But I I, I and somebody said she's not here yet. You know, so, whoops, whoops, whoops. I better backtrack a little bit. But I could improvise. And I got to dance a lot and I got to, to, to have a good time. So it was all worth it. Yeah. We really wanted someone, you know, important to officiate the wedding. And it was, it was really a WISQ wedding because, you know, a large swath of our wedding party of people that either were in the station or spent a lot of time at the station with us. We had Matt Witzel, former chief announcer who I'm sure you probably met Shane. He was our DJ and uh, handled out all the audio visual stuff, audio stuff for the wedding uh, minus some microphone issues with Doc and DRAP uh, read a reading at our wedding. So it just goes to show you how integrated into our lives WISQ experience really was. And I also love that Doc wore his uh, his wizard robes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's more or less has to be done because Mama, when I spent like 800, was it $800 on that? My robe? And, oh, it was what? 1200 Mama informs me it's 1200 and of course, mama was a little bit, you're spending what on that? And you better damn well use it. So I said, okay. Uh, so I got, I got to use it not only at weddings, but in highway pickups. Sometimes I would bring out my cap and gown and, and anoint people uh, as, uh, as official certified highway picker uppers. You know what I mean? Right. And how can we forget those memories? Highway pickups, pepperoni Christmas tree. I that too. Yeah. The Daka Mamas, hoodsies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hoodsies, pepperoni. Oh, hoodsies got to be on the memories, yeah. <laughs> well, well, what makes me feel, and, and I'm sorry, because this is about you, not about me, but I tried to create a mini family. For rightly or wrongly, I viewed WIXQ as, as, a, as a family. And my job was to be the great-grandfather or whatever you want to call me, not grandpa. I guess grandpa was a college uh, a friend of Andrew's. I, I got to meet grandpa. <laughs> is he still around? Was well, right down the road. Is he there? Mm-hmm. And, and he was a WI. Well, he was a WISQ kid. He came to lunch. Was he? he yeah, he was at Millersville. He was just a groupie, though. He's not he was a groupie. Guy. Yeah, he was a groupie that came to lunch, and so he was part of the family. And there was no no man, a mo man uh, who weren't mm-hmm. that friendly. Right? Is he mm-hmm. still around? He's still around. And so these are all part of the. He was a groupie, right? He wasn't a really mm-hmm. good kid. Yeah, he didn't even go to Millersville, but like you said, the the atmosphere, the welcoming culture, the which you helped establish and maintain, Doc. To your credit, I think that has a lot of fun memories. Even people who weren't part directly part of the radio station, right? Which I think is a testament. And it, and it was deliberate. I mean, I believe strongly. I mean, I researched and written on leadership and retention and all that stuff, and I tried to practice a little bit of what I was writing about. And Andrew, you are a great success story. I mean, and so aren't you, Shay. I mean, because as I get older in life and as as obviously the uh, inevitable gets closer, I think back with fond memories of, of uh, you know, everybody 
it psychologically wants to know what the hell did I do in life? Did I make a difference? And I think I, I'm going to be able to say, yeah, I made a difference. And I look forward to this because you two were part of the family. You mentioned Vivian. I now view uh, as having an adopted grandson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let her know. Let her know. And, and uh, as, she, uh, as you all know, I am a, and Mama is a great grandmother, great grandmother. What are you doing? Yeah, you are both great grandmother. Who's little Finn. So cut this out. I, I went off on a tangent. I didn't mean to do it, but you guys made me do it because you brought back so many good memories. You know, I'm keeping this in here now, Doc. <laughs> I fully expected most of the podcast recording to primarily be that. So I am very impressed that you've held back so much up until this point. But I'm glad that, you know, that's part of the reason I think Andrew and I were also excited to do this tonight is because we wanted to, you know, be able to share some memories and swap some stories with you too. So your yeah. tangents are welcome. And I can say without a doubt, Doc, that, you know, to get a little sentimental, like you were there for me during some really hard times. A, a person to talk to outside of my family you know, that was there. I know that you and what you engendered in WXQ was really important for a lot of a lot of people. People I knew, people I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, there's just no way that. You know, when we were there, we had a hundred people in that radio station. What other student organization in Millers will have that many people? Not that many. And some of them might just show up and do their show, but and some of them might not have been part of like the deeper core crew, but they knew they could still come down at lunch if they need to. Or, and I know that we were all there for each other too. And that's all, that all comes from the top. So I, you know, I think you can rest easy knowing that you did make a big difference in a lot of, so, I mean, it's probably thousands of kids' lives. Well, I, that, that was the one skill I had, as I always tell my mom and Shane said this before, it was a one trick pony. I could always talk to kids. And, and my, my goal was to always make sure that I helped them succeed. And you are uh, two success stories and the fact that you got into higher ed and you now figured out what higher ed, how great the life is in higher ed. I mean, it is a wonderful life. I never left it, you know, so. I'm, never I'm right there with you. I'm pretty, pretty into the life. It's a good life. <laughs> We're dragging as many people into it as we can to show <laughs> them the light too. <laughs> After you have both worked in higher ed for a number of years, if anybody who's listening to this has any interest in getting involved in higher ed, what should they know ahead of time? Yeah, it's a great question. It can be kind of a hard, kind of a hard space to break into. It's very, I would say, very network driven. A little bit more about who you know, and and that's changing a little bit as the, as the you know in, in higher ed terms. There's there's faculty, right? There's students, and there's staff, which is all the people who aren't teaching or maybe teaching but aren't faculty in the same traditional sense. And that is a area of universities that has been developing and growing dramatically. Some people will call it unnecessary bloated middle management. I'm sure you never got called that, right, Doc? However, but as higher ed has expanded, we, have, we expand our services, we expand what we offer that involves a lot of other work that needs to be done. So I would say that uh, it's becoming a professionalized field in its own way. And I think that the best thing I can say for folks who are interested in it is to reach out to people you know who are involved in the space if you have those opportunities whether it's faculty whether it's other staff administrators um, you know obviously starting with your with places you have connections to through if it's you know alma mater or maybe your significant others or friends alma mater those are kind of good pathways in but nowadays there's so many roles that are what you might call more traditional roles that just happen to exist in higher ed like they need IT people they need data analysts they need business analysts 
communications, marketing, media people. So there's, there's lots of opportunities if you are interested in the, you know, the industry that maybe wouldn't be your first thought of like, oh, well, I have to be this kind of person, you know, to get to be a teacher or be an education major or something along those lines. We have people from all walks of life. I think a lot of people who end up in higher ed sometimes kind of end up there. No, very few people are, you know, sitting there at 15 at home going, I'm going to be a college administrator when I wake up, when I grow up. Right. But I think through experiences, like we've been discussing, people find uh, love for it. And uh, it's a route that can provide a very nice environment to work in uh, because you still get that collegiate somewhat a step back from the corporate commercial world. Some of that leaks into higher ed too, but you know, you get to interact with students, you get to have access to all the great things that so many universities provide for students. Yeah. And I would just say, Andrew kind of mentioned this, but I think like the networking piece is really huge um, as it tends to be in most industries. But I think that even if you don't have anybody that you know personally in life that works at, you know, an institution of higher education, like just reaching out to your local universities, areas that you might be interested in learning more about, I'm, I think that you'll find that pretty much any staff member would probably be more than happy to like go grab coffee and tell you about what they do. And just to even see like, where could you be a good fit and start developing connections there, I think is a great place to start. Because once you can kind of break into it, I think you'll be able to move around and find like a good niche position. And like Andrew said, it doesn't have to be like a student facing role, even necessarily colleges need all kinds of folks to make them run successfully. Yeah, our president, he always says that running a university is like running a small town. You have a little bit of everything in there. You've got facilities, you've got a police or security force, you've got little individual uh, bureaucracies to manage. And, and it really is a lot like that. There's a lot of space and, and it's a growing space as well, I'd say. I have to ask you, and especially based off of what you were saying earlier, Shay, about pushing people towards WXVU Villanova's college radio station. Have you both had any interactions at all with WXVU? You know, I've always kind of thought like, I should reach out and see like what, what they're all about. And I never really have. I don't know why. I definitely did interact with some students when I was a grad student. I kind of like just... I was kind of like, I felt like that chapter of my life had closed a little bit and I was like focusing on my studies and things. I never really even knew if they'd like let grad students join. But yeah, I know that they were, you know, I know that they're free form. And I know that like when I met some kids who were there when I was a graduate student, they were undergrads. I was like, oh, okay. So they, they have a similar thing going on here. And I know they're, they're, event, they're at events and stuff. I see them. So, but I I really should some, I've always kind of meant like, and also, and to your point earlier, Shane, like, do you guys have an advisor? Do you need one? Like, is that something that, uh, you know, and, and I think one thing that kind of held me back as I think Villanova had some of a more traditional structure when it came to like most club advisors were faculty as opposed to staff and, and like in people who were involved with student organizations were mostly faculty. But I think that's changed a lot in the last five years for all the reasons I just said earlier. So yeah, it's definitely, you, you put something in my, in my brain, Shane, a little bit. Shay, have you had any further involvement with WXVU at all? No, and I feel like as I was talking about it, um, I'm thinking it's kind of funny. I've been pushing students to go there without even having really made a connection because I'm pretty much just making an assumption that it's going to be a welcoming place that like people can go if they, even if they don't really have nowhere to start 
you know, in, in terms of meeting people and making a connection on campus. Um, and hopefully that's true because I just feel like that's what most college radio represents. And so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that's true everywhere. But yeah, I feel like as I was talking in this podcast, it's making me want to see like, is there any kind of like volunteer opportunity or just connection or I don't know, just be able to even go physically see their space and see what it's like. Um, I'd be really curious to know like what the vibe is like there whether it's similar to what we had or not, just kind of seeing, learning a little bit more about, I guess, like other college radio stations outside of my own experience would be a pretty cool thing. But looking at your own experience here, and this is a question for the both of you, what wouldn't you have today without college radio? I guess I wouldn't have a husband. (laughs) Well, you (laughs) might have a husband. You might not just have this husband. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's hard. You know, what uh, we are always told as a history major that we shouldn't deal in historical what ifs, right? Uh, because that's for talking at the bar over a beer, not a uh, real thought. But it is fun to think about. I mean, I, like I said, lifelong lessons, lifelong partner, lifelong friends that not saying any of those things couldn't have happened a different way, but I like the way they turned out and I'm happy with that. And I think that it definitely in so many ways, put me on the path that I'm on for like the rest of my life, kind of like what Shay said. And it's, it's life defining. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, outside of some of the obvious things, I think just, I wonder if I would have found the same connection while I was at college to anything else. Um, you know, I think it could have even led me to feel less connected to just Millersville in general, you know, I think it, it, it just helps you find, it helped me find that place for myself. And I don't know, honestly, that I would have found that anywhere else without having the station kind of like reaching out and having people from that place, like kind of like put a hand out and offer to bring you in. Um, because I don't know that that is super common among all organizations. I'm sure it happens in other ones on college campuses, but I don't know that I would have seen that happening for me. So I really think that it it could have led to just a lot less connection, um, a lot less kind of like learning how to meet other people and interact with other people. I think that would have been something that was really missing from my college experience without it. Yeah, I thought about a couple more things here, just like to wax philosophical for a moment. I like I think I really value community and I think everyone needs to be a part of community, but I also I really hate tribalism and in-group, out-group. So those things are always at play. But I think that if I had not found a community in college, to Shay's point, I think I would not have felt connected to anything, especially being at home, not having the dorm experience, that kind of thing, having a place to go, having people to be with. I think it gave me a lot of confidence, like going on the radio alone, it kind of requires a little bit of confidence, right? Um, Even though I know there was only like couple people listening, but it's still, it was possible that there could be endless people listening. And that uh, definitely instilled that in me. And then just like leadership skills and experience I gained from my time on the council that I'm still thinking about and leaning on today and help put me on that trajectory. So I think that community is the biggest thing that I'm not sure I would have found if it wasn't for that. Cause I had come up with nothing up until that point. Cause not a sports guy, not a frat guy, that, you know, Greek life isn't like a huge thing on Millersville's campus to begin with, as opposed to like a Villanova or Penn State or something like that. You know, I've heard that from other students at Villanova. You know, I've, I see a lot of surveys. I see a lot of things. That's part of my job. And a lot of it is like, uh, you know, I, I didn't join Greek life and I didn't make any friends. You hate to hear stuff like that. And you want to make sure everyone's got a place to go. And I think 
everyone's thinking about equity inclusion, and we wouldn't have probably used those terms, those same terms in the same way in 2008 when, you know, when I joined the radio station. But looking back, it's such a prime example of it, I think. Well, the bottom line is, is, and (laughs) they're talking about Ernie Boyer and the sense of community, which is an academic advising guy who everybody talks about Ernie Boyer and a sense of community. That's exactly what they're talking about. I mean, theoretically, theoretically, if you're in in advising, you all know Ernie Boyer and you know a sense of community, a sense of belonging. But there was a method to my madness, folks. And I knew what the hell I was doing because I had read about it, experienced and done it. Uh, so the radio station was really the uh, uh, community. And I have a feeling, and I, I, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not going to trash corporate radio and all this stuff, but as radio gets bought out and bought out and bought out, the last pure vestige of, of uh, real radio, community-based radio, will be in colleges. 100% agree with you, Doc. 100% agree. And hopefully it will happen in the, in, and continue in my lifetime. But as I said earlier, I'm a, I'm a realist. Uh, at 81, if I live twice as long, I will be 162, uh, which I won't make. I'll guarantee you I won't make that. I don't know, Doc. Don't sell yourself short, Doc. Oh no, no. I'm 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 a realist. Uh, I, I I and as you get older, you start to think of these things a little bit too, you know. And and you'll you'll wind up asking what 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 will I have a legacy? Will I be say, uh, known for something other than harassing the hell out of administrators? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Only time will tell. So, Andrew and Shay, what advice do you have for current and future college radio disc jockeys, but more importantly, the leaders that are going to run the radio station? I would say, you know, you want to approach it with a combination of fun. You know, you're there to have fun. You're there to experience that. Thinking back, I think back to if I was me then, I probably would have tried to approach it more like a job and I would have regretted that. And even though it's an important thing that involves a lot of seriousness, you're running a station of upwards of a hundred people, you're managing a whole thing that is forward facing for the university, right? And for you and for your your peers and classmates, that's a lot of responsibility. Uh, but at the same time, as long as you can exist, try not to fret too much about, I don't know, whatever your metric goals are, right? Get more listeners or get more funding. Like as long as you can keep getting by and you're focusing on building the community, that's the most important reason. And the other stuff can happen too, but don't lose sight of the first one. Yeah. And I would say, you know, we talked a lot today on this podcast about having that open door and making sure everyone feels welcome. And I think making sure that that kind of stays or keeps up with the times, you know, I think that even looking back, like, yes, it was an open door, but there were a lot of very similar people coming through that door. And so I think it's, you know, wanting to make sure that it's as open as you think that it is um, and making sure that everyone really does feel like I can walk in here um, and be comfortable. Um, so if you kind of look around and you see that everyone kind of looks like you and, you know, is kind of in the same circle, like maybe it might be time to just see, you know, how can we really make sure we're delivering on that message of everyone is welcome here. And what can we do to be a little bit more proactive and active in that space to um, have everybody come? So that'd be my advice. How would you do that, may I ask? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think just getting out to other student groups that exist, 
groups that maybe you don't have a lot of folks on the radio station from some of those groups. So whether it is fraternities or sororities or other diverse groups on campus, like I think just having more of the student groups interact with each other um, and seeing like who, you know, um, do we have something we can like share together? Like, do you guys have a goal that we could help you reach or, um, you know, what what's kind of the common connection that we can make? So I think just really those student groups getting involved with each other um, and seeing if there's some common goals that they might be able to hit together would be a great place to start. Yeah, I agree with that, collaborating with other student groups. And I think sometimes we had a somewhat antagonistic nature to other student groups. Uh, you know, sometimes it was more fun. You know, we just like to have a rivalry with the snapper um, or pick on them. We would never do that. Um, I'm sorry, I think you mean the snapper. The snapper. Uh, you know, also there was kind of a, you know, a slight critique doc. We, it, we always felt there was a little bit of like, a, we're all competing for the same bucket of resources, which is true, but you know, that probably, probably could have bigger understanding of like what that looks like. And, and that's probably more on actual, actually more on student life in general. And just explaining all of that to everybody that you're all part of a bigger community and how does that interface with each other? And I think that's definitely something that I would assume has probably changed a little since then in general, but also yeah, I, I really think Shay hit the nail on the head with just saying collaborating with other folks and doing mixers, collaborating on events. Like I'm sure at some point, all of that's probably been done every combination. You know, we've had so many people, so many different quote unquote administrations at WISQ that it's it's probably these things ebb and flow, right? You know, and sometimes we're really close with the snapper, other times we're fighting with them and whatever. This is just the way of things. But yeah, I, I really think Shay made a really good point about that because even though we were all very different, there was still a, a broader you know, category of like, well, we're all pretty white and pretty, you know, uh, locally oriented, that kind of stuff. So I think expanding that is always a good goal. One last question here for the both of you. Based on your time growing up, your interest that you had growing up, your musical tastes, Andrew, especially for you, you were right down the road, but then Shay, for somebody who transferred over to the university, getting involved at the college radio station, meeting your significant other, but of course still having this common love of college radio to this day, based on what you did at the station, the friends that you met, the experiences that you had, and just think about how much it's impacted you since. Why should people support college radio? I think it's the same reason that people think they want to support other higher education groups, whether it's sports, whether it's fraternities. You know, this is a place for anyone to come and express themselves in an area they maybe don't have other space to do. You know, if you're not athletic, you can't play an instrument. You can't, you're not a math lead or whatever. Like <laughs> it's not a, probably a term anymore, but uh, you know, this is a space that uh, I always said, this is when I said I had a podcast because I can't do anything else. I'm, I'm like not creative enough or talented enough to do anything else. I can, but I can at least talk. Right. So, and for someone who cared a lot about music, I think for many people, music is something that makes them feel good. And Exploring people's musical tastes and giving them a chance to share it with the world is something that's like powerful. So I would say for all those reasons, and just it's one more place for people to find community. That's a good reason to support college radio. Yeah, I was going to say something similar, but I think just the fact that like, I don't think anybody that anybody knows doesn't like love music, right? Whatever the thing is that they're into, it's like a common ground for everybody. Um, so you don't have to even be like the number one most passionate music fan, but it's like a common ground. And I think that 
like Andrew said before, it really allows people who don't necessarily come in with like a very precise or specific skill set, like whether it's in sports or whatever else, um, you don't really have to have anything. <laughs> you just have to like bring yourself. Um, and I think that that's like, it really takes the burden off of people that that's why anybody can come and you have a common ground starting point and you don't need any specific skills to do it and to make it happen and to like have find that fit there. Um, and I think that's kind of a unique thing because most other groups or organizations or clubs, it's like, you probably have to have some kind of like background or skill set, or if you weren't doing it for the last four years in high school, you're going to be behind. And it's like, none of that exists. And I think it's kind of a, a rare spot to find that kind of thing where you can just come in and just like bring yourself. Um, I was going to say, and bring your iPod, but that's not a thing anymore. So um, just bring yourself and bring your phone and you'll be able to like make something cool. Shay and Andrew Mazur, thank you so much for joining Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for making an old man happy for one night with a bad back. Oh, super happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Super grateful that you thought of us and obviously super grateful for our experience in college radio. Yes, um, definitely echo all of that. Thank you guys so much for having us on. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we were able to make this happen here today to preserve your college radio story, but also your love story forever here through this podcast. Yeah, that is a kind of a special thing. I don't think many people can say that about about their love story. So it's true. Doc, this was a wonderful college radio love story, a perfect way to wrap up February with Andrew and Shay Mazer. Yep. True love. We ended February with started with love and i guess we're ending with love true love and hey i know you're a man of peace and love doc so it's good that we have this just flowing throughout the podcast here on scholastic transmission yeah i like that i like peace and love i wish the world would be a little bit like that but hey the world is the world hey maybe one day it'll be like that doc but we can only hope we can only hope yep we can only hope and uh maybe it'll happen you know what doc there's a, a name that was brought up during this episode of the podcast that I have been itching to interview now for a while. Yeah, I think I know who you might mean. You, is that the guy with the tattoo of W-I-X-Q on his arm? Yes, that is. And, and somebody's probably listening to this right now and they're saying, what? They have a W-I-X-Q tattoo on their arm? Yes, indeed. We have a former college radio station member, a college radio alumnus that is so dedicated to his college radio station that he got the call letters tattooed on his arm. Yes, he did. And that, of course, being Keith Grohoski, a very, very good friend of one of our guests here today, Andrew Mazur. And... Doc, you have always told me stories about Mr. Grohoski, and I've had the pleasure of meeting him back at WIXQ's 50th anniversary reunion. However, I've never had the chance to properly sit down with him. But now this is the perfect time. Knowing how close he was to Andrew is a natural transition to bring him onto the podcast and learn, learn why he got WIXQ tattooed on his arm. Yeah, I'm anxious to hear. I know the story, but I'll let him tell it. I think that is a good thing, Doc. We don't want to spoil the whole entire episode. Nope. Nope. We got to go uh, go forward. But of course, Keith's story isn't just more about getting WIXQ tattooed on his arm. 
He was a very dedicated member of the station, Doc, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And he was a program director, if I remember right, during the time we were in the basement. Yeah, hunk it in the bunker. Yep, we were hunk it in the bunker. Hey, I think it's time before we get ahead of ourselves, let's pump the brakes here. But in the meantime, stay up to date with the podcast by following us all across social media at College Radio Pod. And be sure to share the podcast with your friends, your family, and anybody that loves college radio. Now, before we go today, Doc, is there anything else you want to talk about with Shea Mazer and Andrew Mazer here today? No, no. I just want to keep in touch with them in the future, and I'm going to take them out to lunch someday, maybe, when they come back to Millersville. Sounds like a plan, Doc. Well, with that said, for Dr. Ralph, Doc Rock Antonin, Andrew Mazer, and Shea Mazer, I'm Shane Garcia. Thank you so much for listening to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Class is dismissed.